And so a monarch came and uh, laid eggs on, on quite a few of my swamp milkweed yesterday. I didn't take them in, so they're still here. By the end of the day, they may not be. Have you started to see any monarch butterflies yet? I saw three last week. They should be starting to flitter around everywhere this time of the summer. But when Carol Pasternak heard the news last week that an international conservation body declared the migrating monarch butterfly an endangered species, she wasn't surprised. Pasternak is better known as the monarch crusader. And for the past few years, she's been on a mission from her garden in Toronto to teach people how to raise monarch butterflies and help the plucky black, orange and white travelers do like so many Canadian Jews do and fly thousands of miles at the end of every summer to reach their winter home in the south, specifically in Mexico. But the monarch population has been in danger these past few decades, mainly thanks to climate change and people building homes and factories on land that used to be prime butterflies butterfly habitats. The population of monarchs in North America has dropped by 75% by some estimates, and this summer has been one of the worst because it's too hot to lay eggs. When they put uh, creatures on their red list, scientists can use it to lobby governments to say that this creature is in need of protection, and then funding comes from that. So that's the purpose of designating something, is so that everyone is aware of what's happening to the climate and that the governments and people will do something about it. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Carol Pasternak's townhouse is a monarch butterfly spa, Well, I'm kidding, but there is a sign up in her front garden that says it's a monarch way station because she's planted milkweed plants and other flowers they need to eat. And most importantly, milkweed's the only plant they'll lay their eggs on. And right now it should be a really busy time for egg laying. So every day this week, Pasternak's been peeking under the leaves to check for tiny white monarch eggs before the other bugs eat them. She collects the eggs and she brings them on the leaf inside to her kitchen table and also on her dining room table where she has a monarch nursery. Just some old feta cheese containers and a couple of specially designed boxes. And if all goes well, within two weeks, the eggs will turn into caterpillars, then cocoons, and then monarch butterflies. Pasternak's been writing books about the importance of monarchs. She talks to kids all over the province and coming up, she'll be here to explain why this latest warning is a Jewish problem too and what you can do to help. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Hi, I'm Paige Megan of the Megan Boys, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Have you ever heard of the TV series on Amazon called The Boys? They film it in Toronto. An Israeli actor is in it, Tomer Capone from Fauda and from Where Heroes Fly. He plays one of the anti-superheroes named Frenchie. Well, season three is out now, and we're learning that a Toronto magician was called in to help the actors learn a card trick. We've profiled Ben Train and his partner, Jonah Babbins, earlier in the year. Their company is called the Toronto Magic Company, and they perform all over, even on Zoom. And Ben Train says the producers paid him to teach the actors how to play three-card Monty. Now, he wasn't allowed to say anything publicly until the boys' episodes were released just recently. If you missed our interview, the link is in our show notes. I just started watching the boys this week, and I'm really, I'm a new fan. And now here's my interview with Carol Pasternak in her butterfly garden. This red designation, how uh, important is that? Who is this body? What, what does this even mean? 
This is an international body that looked at all the same evidence that the Canadians and Americans have been looking at for years and came to the conclusion that monarchs are endangered. It has no political clout. There's no funding that comes with it. It doesn't change anything at all in Canada or the United States. Why are they singling out monarchs out of the 140,000 other species that are on that red list? It's because everybody loves them and knows about them because people like me have made it an issue. The publicity around it, because the media have overemphasized it and exaggerated it and said that they're going extinct, which they are not, has been a wake-up call for more people to plant habitat. So overall, it's been a really good public uh, publicity stunt. Okay, last year their monarchs were uh, in good shape, according to the statistics, no? The, the standard method of measuring the monarch population is by looking at what area of trees do they cover in Mexico. So they can't count everyone, so they say, oh look, the monarch trees are covering four hectares of land. Uh, so this means that in 2021, the population was up a little bit from the year before. Okay, and they're there are annual variations, because largely because of weather. And so everyone celebrated that it was at least up a little bit. It's still not at the critical mass of six hectares to keep the migration going. So it's up and down over the last few years, but overall over the last 20 years, it's plummeted 90%. So last year was a good year. This, is, this year is a horrible year. Uh, we don't have any butterflies or caterpillars at all of anything. We hardly see an insect. And, and climate change is the huge elephant in the room that people mention, but then don't follow up on. And only by addressing that head on, and no one is willing to for many reasons, including uh, politically, uh, anybody who tried to do anything would be out of office in a minute. That's what we really need to focus on. Well, this summer, we see what's going on in Europe with, uh, you know, temperatures over 45 and, and record temperatures everywhere and, and, and people are sweltering and everyone gets it. So what does that do? What is climate change the main thing that hurts butterflies? It's so hot they don't reproduce. Uh, it's so hot the nectar plants don't flourish and there's nothing to eat and the host plants are withered and they don't want to lay their eggs. But there are a hundred things that we can all do for climate change. For that we have to make sacrifices. It's very easy to plant a pollinator garden and enjoy it. It's a lot harder to shorten the length of your shower. How many caterpillars have you saved that have turned into butterflies? Do you actually know? Uh, I may have saved a thousand caterpillars and butterflies if we add up all the different species I've raised. That will make zero difference to the overall health of the, of the population. The purpose of raising caterpillars is to, to develop a connection to nature. And then you want to tell everybody. And that's what happens when people raise a, a caterpillar. They want to show it to their neighbors. They want to take it to work because they can't believe the metamorphosis, what's going on in that rearing container. It's so exciting. Then they want to save habitat because that's the most important thing is creating habitat. But if you tell people, 
oh, the insects are in trouble. We need to plant native plants. Well, you know, there's a lot of things we should be doing. But what are we going to do? We're going to do the things that are fun and exciting and give us something. Is there anything Jewish about the monarch butterfly situation at all or Jewishness about monarchs? Because this is a Jewish podcast, so I always have to ask. Of course. Uh, Tikkun olam. This is uh, saving the world is a responsibility that all Jewish uh, people have, uh, caring for the land. So whatever we do to protect monarchs is tikkun olam. When I was a, a child, when we took a drive, we had to clean the windshield because there were so many insects on it. And when we came home, we had to take the insects off the grill. My generation, which I think is the most selfish generation in all of history, under our watch, all the insects are disappearing. We're not taking care of the world. We need to do that. Uh, Hashem gave us all these insects. We're killing them, and not enough of us are caring for them. So what else should you like? Thank you, that was beautiful. What else would you like uh, our listeners and, and viewers to understand about the, the situation? People are really, really sad. People feel helpless. They want to know what to do. Here's what they need to do. They need to look at their own properties and see how much of my lawn can I give up and put native plants. And they need to know that when they start putting these native plants in, they're going to love it and be happier. It will not be a sacrifice. Native plants are beautiful. Then they have to look at their roses and their dahlias and not panic when they see a chewed leaf. When they see a chewed leaf, they've got to celebrate and say, what chewed this leaf? I am now part of the ecosystem. I am part of the circle of life. So we have to rethink what's beautiful and is important. Then after we do our own property, we have to lobby every politician that every public garden needs to be native plants. And at the police station, the courthouse, the fire station, the community center, all need to be planted with habitat. So what are the ethics as we walk back to taking the eggs off? Some people might wonder if that's okay. Maybe they don't know how to handle the eggs, so they squish them, right? And I would be worried that I would do that. So how do you deal with that? People might be worried that they didn't do it wrong, right? right. That's and what the, I meant. And that's a lot what I of people are worried, and that's why they can buy my book called How to Raise Monarch Butterflies, a step-by-step guide for kids, and that will tell them everything they need to know to raise a healthy butterfly. There's a Facebook group called The Beautiful Monarch. It, it acts as a support group for people raising monarch butterflies because people do make mistakes and they do get concerned. And there's 80,000 new monarch lovers on this group. And whatever you ask, somebody will answer within a minute. And if you have doubts, they will support you. If you kill one, they support you. One of my favorite annual posts is called 50 Ways to Kill Your Butterfly. I've seen that post. When I started doing this a few years ago, people got upset. So I explained that this is a a learning experience. And in fact, many people have said how relieved they are to find out that other people have accidentally killed a caterpillar when they open a zipper. Or they've put the top back on and they didn't see a caterpillar. You mean the zipper of the pouch? Of the enclosure. Or they clean their monarchs 
They didn't notice one, it climbed to the edge and they squish it. So with a little bit of education, you will not be killing your caterpillars. In fact, you'll be rescuing them because only one in a hundred makes it to be an adult if we leave it in the wild. But if I take them in from my garden, at least 19 out of 20 will emerge as a stunning monarch butterfly and I'll get to hold it in my hand. It can't fly right after it emerges. I get to look at its eyes and its proboscis, which is its tongue. It's fascinating and awe-inspiring, and it gives you that feeling of nature being incredible. And that sense of awe sticks with a child. And then, instead of wanting to play the next video game, they might just go outside and see if there's a wasp eating the caterpillar that they left there. By the way, there's a monarch count going on, and so if you want to participate, the link to let the scientists know is in our show notes. There's also a link to get in touch with Carol Pasternak if you want to buy her books or just have a monarch question or attend the launch of her neighborhood's new butterfly installation on August 13th. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Vancouver businessman Gary Averbach. He's walking from Calgary to Vancouver. He's been doing it since June to raise money for cancer research. And we'll end with this clip from a ceremony that was held on Tuesday when Heritage Toronto unveiled a new plaque in honour of a longtime local music promoter, Dave Bookie Bookman. He died in 2019. He was a radio DJ, he was a booster for indie music bands, and he got them to perform at the famous Horseshoe Tavern, which is where his colleague Josie Dye emceed the ceremony yesterday. The corner of Spadina and Queen was, uh, it was Bookie's home. This, is, this was his place. It was where art was created. It was where he introduced so many young musicians to the culture and influence of the independent music scene. And every Tuesday, New Music Night with Bookie, Dave curated an evening of entertainment. If you got on the list, you basically made it because Bookie had put you there. He propelled you to Dave Bookman status. I remember when I worked at 102.1 The Edge, I would get emails from many bands and their managers, and the first line was, my band played new music night with Bookie. Bookie loved music. He, uh, But more importantly, I think he also loved finding new talent. Thank you.